When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with the end for the unbeaten. Why, Eagles, why? We'll tell you exactly what to make of a Monday night stunner. Then, Rodgers on the rebound. Can Green Bay run it all the way to a wild card now that the pack got it back on track? And then, there's Dak. We'll tell you the one thing he can do right now that just might win the Cowboys the championship. All that and a whole lot more as we get up with you starting right now on a Tuesday. Loaded up and ready to roll. Graziano, Neek is here. Tannenbaum has made his way here. The big swagoo Marcus Spears has got a lot to say this morning. <laughs> and we begin. We will play patty cake uh, all morning long. As we begin with last night, Jalen Hurts. What do we think of the suit here, Mr. Foxworth? Outstanding. Azalea Pinky. He looked like an R&B singer. It tied at seven in the first, and then Jalen, oh, it's a jump pass. Tebow time. I love it. Hit him with that pose. Uh, Heisman. Dallas got it on the touchdown. Eagles up 14-7. Now, there's a lot of moments that the Eagles would like to have back, and here comes one of them. A.J. Brown seems to have this in his hands, and then. It was an outstanding read, outstanding throw against cover four, but A.J. Brown bobbles the ball, then a great interception by Forrest. It's Derek Forrest who makes the play there. One of many that you'll see on the night. Six minutes to go in the half now. Taylor Heineke, Curtis Samuel for 23. It's impressive off his back foot. They overloaded that cover four zone, and uh, Heineke was playing well last night. That was another one of his great plays. And then in honor of our friend Jeff Saturday. <laughs> Don't give up! Fight! Fight! Love Brian it. Robinson dragging defenders. <laughs> Look at He looks down to see where the goal line is. He's got to get the ball just there, and he does Commanders, a 17-14 lead. Start of the fourth quarter. Washington still in front. Hurts, Devontae Smith. Look at the shake. Oh, this is cover zero with the spy, and Hurts gets it out into to Smith, and you can't tackle him in open field. Surround so, him, six points. They're within two, 23-21. But again, the mistakes from the Eagles. Dallas Goddard, ball's going to come out. Yeah, it's an outstanding punch. Created the fumble right there, but the replay is even more interesting than that, pers- than that specific angle. Dallas Goddard. Hold on to the ball, but there might be a reason why. Yeah, take a look at the blatant face mask here from Jamin Davis. Not called. By the way, it's not a touchdown because Davis is down on the recovery. Commanders turned it into a field goal, so 26-21. Hurts with another chance. Quez Watkins with an opportunity, but watch as he gets up to run. Another of the Eagles' self-inflicted wounds. Another perfect pass from Hurts against cover four. Scissors, scissors route, but Watkins got to hold on to the ball. Another turnover. There's Forrest again. And then look at how this game ends with a buck 45 to play. Third and seven, Washington. If the Eagles get a stop, they're going to have a chance. Taylor Heineke is going to give himself up and Brandon Graham touches him and gets called for the penalty. <laughs> that was a, he took a Vladi Divac flop right there. This is a, a charge. It's a good play behind him, but it's disgusting. Uh, I mean, uh, that, that's in the game on that. How they don't get it back. Jalen Hurts can't believe it. Heineke's all excited, and that is all she wrote. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles no longer perfect. Overall lack of, of detail and execution. And today it got us. You know, I think there have been games in the past where um, you'd hear us say maybe leaving money on the table. Um, 
opportunities that we didn't take advantage advantage of. And I look at this game and I say, was a, we were repeat offenders of that. And today it got us, you know, and it's something we have to learn from. It's just something we really already know. It's just something that we have to fix and ultimately control the things we can in the end when we're out there on the field. Uh, you and I both said at the same time, he's a coach's son. And you could, right? He's saying exactly what the coach I, would beg him to say. I know I'm supposed to leave that game and have bad things to say about the Eagles, but watching Jalen Hurts, the way he played, had he got the ball back, he was just answering every question. And then the literal answering of questions, he's like a perfect quarterback, it feels like right now. Yeah, so, so we're going to get to all of that. I have plenty of time here, Marcus. I'm going to start with you. I'm going to start small picture and then work our way to big. Let's start with two moments in the game. The last play, or the last meaningful play, where Heineke gives himself up and they call the unnecessary roughness on Brandon Graham. What do we, as a defensive lineman, Marcus, what do we think of that? Gee, I know know I'm expected to go crazy, but (laughs) I think this is the right call. I mean, you look at Brandon Graham, and it's not about about how hard (laughs) he hit Taylor Heineke. It's about how many steps before he went to the ground after time Taylor Heineke gave himself up. And look, I don't like siding with the referees, but they gonna call this. And if they don't call this right now, then they got a problem down the rest of the way. Brandon Graham was far, far enough away, who I think this call was on, to get it out is. of the way of Taylor Heineke. I hate that the game ended like that, but this is the league that we're in. And for us to keep getting mad about what they're going to call in these situations, to me, is just asinine. Because they going to call it. He took three steps uh, after Taylor Heineke took I'll a uh, knee nine, on the ground. I'll be ass a 10. I'll be ass a 11. I'll be all ass you want because that's garbage. And we do not need to stand here and accept that foolishness. That's trash. Like, you don't want to end the game that way. I get it. You can so? Jaywalking's illegal. I did it this morning. And if a police officer would have came up to me and said, hey, I'm going to have to detain you for jaywalking, I would have said that was ridiculous, too. Like, ending a game on this, he doesn't hit him. It's Heineke selling it. I get it. He could have stopped, but he didn't. We don't have to accept it. He's trying to stop. He's but, trying to hold him up as he touches him. He can't stop his momentum. Mike Tate, that's yeah. a terrible call. No, it's not. I swear, Gusev, we have the answers to the test. Three, you can't breathe on the quarterbacks steps. anymore. It's like the DJ Moore play. We hated the fact that the game ended because he took his helmet off, but we know what the rules are. And if you're Brandon Graham, you got to know, avoid him. He's sliding. He's trying to stop, and he's trying to hold him up when he gets there. Graziano, the NBA would have called him for traveling. No. Three whole Absolutely steps. Absolutely not. Well, that's where you're wrong. They don't call him for traveling. They would have called him for traveling. Right. Look, you know, you know who else thinks Brandon Brandon Graham needs to be more careful in this situation? Brandon Graham. Yeah, who Brandon after the Graham. game said, yeah, I need to be more careful in that situation. He's been in the league over a decade. He knows the rules. He knows how it's officiated. You, you don't get near the quarterback. I don't like Ross, him giving Ross himself Mike off T. that. Go Ross ahead, Mike T. Don't let Greeny and Foxy uh, row y'all up on no, this. No, it's the right call. It's yeah, the right call. Trash. We gonna it, see it, it if it happen again. It, it, it might be the right call. It doesn't mean it's a good call. Well, that is a big difference. That, 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 that is a big difference. And like this was a great game, national stage. You would love to see Jalen Hurts with the ball Ooh, and see what absolutely. happens. But to, to, to Graz's point, like Brandon Graham knows himself. In this day and age, that's a penalty. He's supposed to know that he's going to drop to a if you, knee if you, in that situation. If you breathe on the quarterback. Greeny. Right there, he's Greeny. already done it. Stop. He's got five more Why would you put yourself in harm's way? In the meantime, I call you Greeny. 
in the meantime, Marcus, the same officials who were able to make that call somehow missed Dallas Goddard almost getting his head ripped off on a play yep. where he winds up fumbling and the ball going in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So I understand how the Eagles fan wins. get me riled up. I'm I can rile up about that Go, one. Marcus, go. Because they absolutely missed that damn yeah, call. And, it, and to me, that was the play that turned the tide of this football game based on what Philadelphia had been doing all game long. You can't miss that. You cannot miss that. And this is the argument that people have for if these type of things should be reviewable, especially on a turnover. I thought it was on turnovers always reviewable. You should be able to backtrack and see this face mask, overturn the fumble, and call that penalty and go forward. I agree with you there. That's the one that would have pissed me off. The Brandon Graham one, that call going to get made every game we watch, I believe. To be clear, whether or not it's a fumble is automatically reviewed. Whether or not there was a face mask or any other penalty on the play is not part of that review, and that's why it doesn't come back. Graziano, what do you think of this? Well, while you're watching, you ought to change it. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. You said the Eagles fans are upset. I yes. think it's a shame it's the first team ever to lose because of a, of a missed call. They were unbeaten, Dan. There was a pursuit of perfection. I, I know, and it would have been great to see. Look, I, I, I don't like talking about officiating. I like talking about the players and the coaches. That, that, that's what – but – the, the officiating is a game condition. I will say this, and you know my feelings on replay review, which yeah. is that it's a scourge and should be abolished immediately. Yeah. But <laughs> if you're going to have it, then I think you can make player safety-related plays reviewable, right? Mm-hmm. Like the face yeah. mask is a player safety rule. If you're going to review stuff, then, then that's one that I think should be prioritized. Okay, now let's move to the players and coaches. I said we'd start small picture, and those were the small picture. Now let's go to the big picture. Mike Tannenbaum, the Philadelphia Eagles, allowed the Washington Commanders to run the ball 49 times last night for 152 yards. So the question on the screen is, what weaknesses were shown by the Eagles in the team's first loss of the season. They only had the ball for 19 and a half minutes. Their run defense is 25th in the NFL, and the best defense you could play against Jalen Hurts is when he's watching the opposing team's offense. And there's three defensive-minded coaches in the NFC. Pete Carroll, Ron Rivera from last night, and Todd Bowles. And if any of those three teams see Philadelphia again or in the playoffs, I promise you they're going to take out this blueprint, and this is how you're going to try to beat the Eagles. The Cowboys, too, in theory, should be running the ball. Is that their fatal flaw? I mean, it's it's their flaw. It's not going to be fatal. No. We watched the game last night. The reason why they lost was because of those turnovers. Those weren't even, like, forced turnovers. It was, like, fumbles, which are somewhat random. A.J. Brown, one of the best receivers in football, tapping the ball to Forrest. These are things that are not replicable. So, yes, their run defense isn't perfect, but no team is. If, if that's going to be their weakness, I don't see them getting stopped in the NFC. Not the way Jalen Hurts is playing. And it's got to get better, right? Because Jordan Davis, their rookie first-round oh, pick, who you know who we know is eight feet tall and 500 pounds, this, this he hasn't been playing. Yeah. And Hembo sent me a stat. This is my Marcus uh, Spears impression. Hembo sent me a stat. Yeah. <laughs> Without Jordan Davis on the field, the Eagles allow 5.1 yards per carry. With him on the field, it's 3.9. That's the difference between the third best and the 29th best Ooh. in the league. Significant absence, and he, he is not out for the season. So, Marcus, this weekend comes to an end with the Eagles losing a game and the Vikings winning a thriller in Buffalo. And so I ask yeah. you the following question. Do the Eagles remain, in your mind, the team to beat in the NFC? Absolutely, they do. Absolutely. Now, last night, look, I w- everybody's going to make it about the Eagles. Give the Washington Commanders credit. 
Mm-hmm. The Washington Commanders dominated time of possession in this game, and turnovers are a thing. That is how you beat good teams. You get them to turn the football over. So I want to say that first. Now, mm-hmm. back to the Eagles. Clearly, to me, still the best team in the league. That run defense is going – the issue with the run defense is this. Washington did a good job of staying with it, and it opened things up for them downfield. Don't forget about Terry McLaurin having his, mm-hmm. having his way and making plays down the field. Don't forget about those plays that Taylor Heineke was able to make over the middle of the field. There were things that resulted from the Washington Commanders being able to run the football. But Philly, to me, still, last night, it looked easy for them offensively outside of the turnovers when they were moving the football. I don't expect Darius Slay to give up what he gave up last night uh, down the stretch of the season. I think Philly is fine. Still think they clearly the best team in the NFC. All right, a little later this morning, uh, Dominique is going to give us his power rankings. We will see if the Eagles are still on top or do they have someone knocking hard on their heels. As we continue this morning, no one needed a win this week more than Aaron Rodgers, and he got it. So now what? Will he and the Packers go on a run and get back in the playoff picture? We'll answer that question. And then, did you hear what Stephen A. said about Dak yesterday? Here's the real question. Was he right? We'll tell you next. Watch and get up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, we're back on Get Up, and it is a Tuesday staple with Mr. Graziano here. I will say something that I think people are generally saying, and then Dan will tell us if that something is an overreaction. Here we go. I think people are generally saying, you know what? 
Tua belongs in the MVP yeah. conversation. Is that an overreaction? No way. It is not an overreaction. Right now, you'd give it to Mahomes, but if there's a conversation, he absolutely belongs in it. They are 7-0 this year in games that he has both started and finished. He has not thrown an interception since September. In the four games since he came back from the concussion issues, he's completed 72% of his passes and thrown 10 touchdowns. This guy is doing everything you want an MVP candidate to do. I'm with you. Not only are they 7-0 when he plays, they're 0-3 when he doesn't. Yeah. Now he's literally the difference between winning and losing, which is the definition of an MVP. All right, next. If people are generally saying, you know what, the Titans are going to sneak in and steal that one seed again, I mean, is that an overreaction? I think it is. All due respect to the Titans who find ways to win games that I, I just don't understand. I mean, they have, they have trouble scoring points. Obviously, they play good defense. They don't beat themselves. But there's just too much to overcome. And plus, the team they're chasing is the Chiefs who just beat them, barely, but mm -hmm. did beat them. Yeah. And that gives them the tiebreaker edge. I just don't see how this offense gets to the point where it can score with those others in the AFC uh, to the point where they can be the one seed two years in a row. We'll see if they're able we'll to see. Uh, stash some more wins along the way. And then finally, here's one that you know we cover a lot here. If people are saying, you know what, the Green Bay Packers are still in this thing. Is that an overreaction? It's not an overreaction. And it's not because I still believe in the <laughs> Packers or Aaron Rodgers. I kind of believe in math, right? And they're four and six. And, the, and the, the seven seed right now in the NFC playoffs is the 49ers, who are five and four. That's not that big a gap. Mm -hmm. The Packers win this thing on Thursday night against those Titans, then this conversation ramps up significantly because, you know, they've played a lot of tough teams. They, they have, they, they're getting the rookie receiver back, who obviously just had a big game. You can kind of see how it might work if, in fact, they can get it figured That's out. That's that guy number nine you just saw there, Christian Watson. Here's what I'll tell you about the Packers. We're going to know soon because their schedule the next couple of weeks is going to decide it. They have the fifth toughest remaining schedule in the league based upon the winning percentage of their opponents. And you see, I mean, just right now, they got Tennessee on Thursday, then they go to the Eagles. If they're able to get through those two, mm -hmm. let, let's say they at least win one of those two, then yeah. you look down the rest of the way, maybe they're able to keep something alive. Look, we, we talk about them a lot on this program because they've been so good for so long and their quarterback is an icon. Marcus Spears, are the Packers going to make a playoff run this last portion of the season? No, they're not. Like, <laughs> look, look, man, the, the the Packers had a great win against Dallas. That was the kind of the formula that they want to stay in. They want to be able to play the way that they played. I don't think they go play the way, be able to play that way down the stretch. Dallas didn't care anything about stopping the damn run. And if the Packers don't have that afforded to them, I don't think this offense is still very explosive. They give them credit. They went in and they needled into what Dallas didn't do well and in turn was able to big, hit some big home run balls. And then you see Christian Watson, who I think is going to turn into something major with his speed and size. But ultimately, this team was still down 28-14 into the fourth quarter mm -hmm. against the Cowboys. And the Cowboys are a good team, but we don't believe that they're the best team that the uh, Green Bay Packers are going to have to face. I look at the Titans, guess what? It's going to be a tough sled against the mm -hmm. Tennessee Titans, especially up front with the way that they play if Jeffrey Simmons is feeling good as far as stopping the run and also Derrick Henry on the opposite side. And hopefully – they play against a smart damn offensive coordinator with a 14-point lead who's going to run it more than six times. I'm, I'm, 
No, no, we're going to we're going to get there. I'm going to clear the deck for <laughs> yes. you on that one, Marcus. I promise. But let, let's talk so, about what we saw from the Packers. So I have to commend the Packers. I'm not going to say that there's a chance because you said you believe in math. I believe in math too, and probabilities is also a part of math. Sure. So I don't see them making the playoffs. But one of the toughest things to do is like stay mentally engaged yeah. in a game, particularly when you are getting beat down week in and week out. They were down 14 points going into fourth quarter. So whatever. Whatever that says about Aaron Rodgers, whatever it says about that team, whatever it says about Matt LaFleur, the idea that they are still committed at that point where I already think their season is over. This game seems like it seems like it's over. I think the stat was like the, the um, Cowboys won like 100 times and never lost with a 14-point lead. Correct. That says something about yep. the type of guys they have on this yeah. roster. It says something about the type of team that they can be next season because <laughs> this season's done. It's not. Here's the answers to the test. Aaron Rodgers is 9 of 11 for 148 yards and two touchdowns off a of play action. They ran the ball for uh, 39 times and threw it for 20. That's the answers to the test. That's how they can make the playoffs. It, it, so, it is remarkable that a team that has one of the greatest quarterbacks right. of all time, the answer is don't throw it so damn much. So much so that at the end of the game, you catch Aaron Rodgers on camera yelling at his coach <laughs> to run the ball. Yeah. This is the quarterback telling him to. So, look, they, yes, down 14, most teams don't stick with the run. They stuck with their it does say something about them, right? They believe in their running backs. They knew they could run it on Dallas. They felt like they had proven that. Look, if Christian Watson can be a consistent player, and that's tough as a young player, right? He still had drops, and he still missed a lot of time this year, practice and game time. Then it offers their offense an element it hasn't had. Right, teams haven't had to respect that deep part of the field against Aaron Rodgers this year. If they do, it's only going to make that run game more effective, right? And I think, Greeny, it's more fundamental than that. Like, we talk about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, some of the greatest of all time, but Nick Swagoo, you guys know as defensive players, when you have to honor the run, it, it changes everything. And again, Aaron Jones is a great player. A.J. Dillon's a good player. And if they're just somewhere close to bounds, it changes everything. It's both when you have to cover the whole field. It's, it's yeah. having the deep threat if uh, Christian can maintain that and it's having this running attack that they've uh, put together in this game. Not all teams are going to be as bad against the run right. as the Cowboys. Some teams will be able to stop them. We'll see how they do against the Titans coming up. Right, real good against the Titans. Vrabel is one thing he's going to do. He's from the Jeff Saturday school of run the <laughs> he's ball gonna run and the ball. stop the run. But that's the thing. It, Swagoo says formula. I think formula is the opposite of what they want. They want multiple different ways to attack defenses, and they feel like if Watson is now in the mix, that opens a couple more up. So, Marcus, when you have a 39-year-old quarterback who's one of the greatest players of all time, you don't want to think about next year. But the reality is that might be. As they develop these yeah. young guys, it's not just Watson. It's Romeo Dobbs yeah. who's good, and they've mm -hmm. got good players. That, that maybe they're able to put something together the end of this season that they can actually springboard. I can't believe I'm saying this. Even if <laughs> they don't make it this year into next year and right. get right back to where they were Marcus does that make sense <clears throat> gee it makes all the sense in the world and this is it this is one of those situations okay this is for rich people so gee you're the only one that can relate okay mm -hmm. you know how when you go to an art gallery and they have that <laughs> ugly that ugly painting on the wall and it yeah. costs like five million dollars and I'm <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm just a guy that's passing by trying to figure out what the hell is somebody gonna pay five million dollars for for this piece of art if Aaron Rodgers get into the playoffs that's that piece of art this year okay because it's been ugly 
it's been terrible, and then you hang it on the wall, and everybody like, oh, I want to buy that, and it's some type of auction <laughs> for rich people like you. That's what I think if they get into the playoffs this year, Bo, I'm with you. It will catapult this team. And look, man, I, I made a big fuss about this in the offseason. I thought Aaron Rodgers needed to spend time with these guys in order to be where a, a semblance of what we saw against the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe that's coming together in the passing game. Yeah, and, and maybe, look, it took a while to get there, but maybe they will. We'll have more on this as we go. We'll see if they're able to make this run all the way into an interesting December in Titletown. Meanwhile, back to last night in a moment. Now that the Eagles have lost, the NFC East picture just got a little bit more interesting. Who's going to win this thing now? Is it possible the guys in blue need to be in the conversation? Next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, back on Get Up. And if you are just joining us, another quick look back at how the Eagles fell from the ranks of the unbeaten last night against Washington. Fourth quarter, Eagles are down by nine. Dominique Devontae Smith is going to cut it to a two-point uh, game. Outstanding play. They couldn't do anything with Hurts. That's a zero blitz with the linebacker spot. He finds his best matchup and gets him the ball. Touchdown. But all night long, the Eagles just costly and unforced turnovers like this one here from Quez Watkins. Again, Jalen Hurts perfect. Hit that scissors route against cover four, dropped it right on Quez. Quez tried to make a little extra and drops the ball. Turnover. Yeah, they turned the ball over repeatedly last night and that really took them out of this one. Final two minutes again. Here's the call at the end that uh, some of us, including me, didn't like. Third and seven, Taylor Heineke is going to give himself up. Brandon Graham is going to touch him and they call that a 15-yard penalty and that's all she wrote so in the end it is Washington a win the Eagles fall from the ranks of the unbeaten and after the game Ron Rivera the coach of the commanders he lost his mother about two weeks ago he was quite emotional in the locker room here was that moment My mother would have been prepped. You can see how much that means to him. It means a lot to everybody in this locker room, bro. We set the damn tone. We took it to them. Come on, man. Already, family on three. One, two, three. Now that's just 
I've known Ron Rivera since the 80s when he was a linebacker on the Bears. He's one of the best human beings you'll ever come across inside or outside of professional sports. And, and that moment in that locker room, that's, that's what it's all about. Yes? Yeah, we talk about us former players. There are certain things you do and don't miss about the game. But like that family atmosphere, while you don't maintain those relationships, in, the, in those moments, it's nothing quite like that. There are a few workplaces that you can go and you can feel the connection because you've gone through so many difficult things. And in Washington, it's especially difficult down there with what they have off the field, what's been going on on the field. To be able to get a big win like that uh, coming on the heels of a tragedy, it feels great. It makes us all feel a little bit warm and fuzzy. So that, that's what happened last night, and that's how the NFL weekend comes to an end. And let me show you where we stand right now as far as the NFC East is concerned. Woo. So the Eagles falling from the ranks of the unbeaten. Their lead is only one game over the startling New York football <laughs> Giants. The Cowboys, of course, a game back of that, and the Commanders certainly every bit in the wild card race in the NFC. So let's talk about the Cowboys for a moment here. They're 6-3, and three, and their quarterback has not been brilliant. Dak Prescott throwing a pair of picks in what turned out to be an overtime loss to Green Bay on Sunday. Yesterday on First Take, Stephen A. Smith had this to say about Dak's struggles. One could easily argue that when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, Dak, Pre Dak Prescott is the weak link. What we have been lamenting is whether or not Dak Prescott can be that dude when it really, really counts because we're still waiting after all of these years. You just brought up Cooper Rush. Right. All right, and how his QBR is 10 points higher in the same amount of games. That's an indictment when you're a star quarterback yeah. who's got paid $95 million over the last two years. So that Dan Orlovsky that he's talking to, to be clear, on first take. <laughs> we may have just lost Marcus. Uh, Swagoo, I'm going to give you the floor um, on Dak, the Cowboys, and wherever it is you'd like to take it. It's so many damn places. First of all, let me say this, all right? This ain't, this ain't the come on, get up, and give a love fest to uh, Dak Prescott. He played bad. He didn't make enough plays in this game in order for the Dallas Cowboys to win. But how in the hell do you watch that game and say Dak Prescott was the weak link when the, when the Dallas defense gave up 207 rush yards, when we watch this secondary absolutely get hibachi cooked by, the, by Christian Watson on the back end, and Dak is the weak link? This was a 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter mm -hmm. with the quarterback who threw two interceptions early in the game, who was able to come back and get them in the end zone. And we got all of this energy going towards Dak Prescott. I get it. It's easy to choose to talk about Dak. But can we watch the game and stop having this conversation about, well, he's 1-9 when the guy on the other side is better than him. Hey, y'all, guess how many times Aaron Rodgers done beat Jimmy Garoppolo? Mm. Zero, yeah. Can we stop doing that? Like, I just, let's critique Dak. Let's talk about when he makes mistakes, when he doesn't play well, and, and that's right. And that's rightfully so, because we should keep that energy towards quarterbacks. I got another question for y'all. Does anybody mm. know how many interceptions Josh Allen has threw in the last three weeks? More than anybody. Oh, yeah. Six. Yeah. yeah. Six. So yeah. where is that energy? We just watched him throw, throw a uh, pick to lose the game against Minnesota. I don't understand it. Dan got something against Dak Prescott. I don't know what it is. For Stephen A to get on here and talk about he the weakest link, unbelievable a. that we watched that Packers game and cho chose to pick Dak as the weakest link.
So I can explain all this to you. So first of all, you're right. They did get hibachi cooked, and and Dylan was the little choo-choo train that the hibachi chef makes just running through the defense. (laughs) Choo-choo, the little steam choke. Yes, it was out of control. However, the reason why Dan doesn't like Dak is because me and Dan got into an argument a long time ago, Dak versus Wentz, and I said Dak, and obviously I was right, so Dan can't let that grudge go. And Stephen A., Stephen A., Stephen A. did a little tricky thing there. He did the old lot of people say. I'm not yeah. One good because he knows better. Yeah, and Dak Prescott is a quarterback of the Cowboys, which means you're going to be under a lot more scrutiny week in and week out. I understand that. He understands that. But the idea that Dak hasn't come through in big moments is absurd. Like, he he's led playoff winning game or game winning drives in the playoffs. He's done all of those things. He's a good player. Yesterday's loss was not, uh, or excuse me, uh, Sunday's loss was not only on him. What is a fair critique today, Dominic Foxworth, of Dak Prescott's performance in that game and this season in general. Yeah, he turned the ball over in that game. That's a problem. One of those, I think, uh, the playmaker himself yeah. pointed out that it wasn't even on Dak Prescott. It was about reading middle field open and close. So he makes mistakes. There are no perfect quarterbacks in this game. We just get in a position where there are certain quarterbacks that certain people are always looking for yeah. a reason to discredit. And Dak Prescott falls in that category. Lamar Jackson's another one who comes to mind. Is it fair to wonder, Mike T, if some of us, myself included, thought that Dak's return would elevate this offense to a place that it doesn't seem to have gone. And part of that is the mistakes, and part of that is they were running the ball so effectively but seemed to get away from it in the fourth Ooh. quarter of this game to a point that Marcus Ooh. was making earlier. Yeah, I agree. You nailed it. They were up 14 points, and since that Ooh. point in the game, they threw it eight times and only ran it six. Ooh. And the real problem for the Dallas Cowboys isn't <laughs> Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott. Is We're sitting here the second week in November, and their second-leading receiver receiver is Noah Brown with 26 receptions and that's really the problem I don't think Dak played great I love Dak I think he's underrated but until they get another element in their passing game they have to lean on the running game jump in here Danny yeah the run game they'll get Zeke Elliott back too and even though Pollard's running better having both of them enables them to do a lot in the running game because they don't want to ask too much of Tony Pollard they want to keep him fresh uh, for the fourth quarter I think a, a fair critique of Dak on Sunday is uneven right there were the interceptions but they also showed some elements of the passing game that they hadn't really shown yet this year. I think Dalton Schultz coming back from injury and being further incorporated will help. I, I believe they've had their two highest scoring games of the season the last two weeks. Right, yeah. Yeah. So obviously the offense has been elevated since Dak's go- come back. And unless he was playing defensive tackle, I don't think you can call him the weakest link. Go ahead, Swaggo. Mike T, I love you for what you just said. You know why? Yeah. <laughs> because, because, because Kellen Moore did this same exact thing last year. Mm-hmm. Guys, do we remember when, that, when when the Dallas Cowboys were playing well early in the season? What were they doing? They were running the football. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were making sure that that's the way that they stayed in games. For this man to have a lead of 14 points in the fourth quarter and run the football six times is a fireball fence. And we keep talking about all of the things that this offense does well and, and the players that they have. And I agree with you, Mike T. It's some more firepower needed on the outside. 
Aaron Rodgers was on the other side of the field, and his coach said, we are going to run the football to win this game. I don't know if there's another quarterback in the world you want to drop back and throw the ball and you would feel more comfortable with than Aaron Rodgers. And even his coach, and even mm. he said, run the damn football. But Kellen Moore wanted to drop back 18 times as a, 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 against six runs with a 14-point lead. And we get on TV and talk about Dak Prescott, and we talk about him being the weakest link, and we look at this defense. But this offensive coordinator, who I gave a lot of credit to when Cooper Rush was playing because he decided to lean into that, got back to his old ways, and he wanted to be the number one passing offense in the NFL against the Green Bay Packers instead of continuing to run. And if you want to fight me or you want to tell me I'm wrong, guys, Tony Pollard was averaging five yards a carry and Malik mm-hmm. was averaging seven. So mm-hmm. don't bring me that they wasn't getting it done on the ground. That's a fireball offense, and it was egregious for this dude to run the ball six times with a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. I think that is maybe the biggest problem they have is when Dak is there, they are tempted to do things that probably at this moment do not lend to their strongest suit. We'll get back to all the football in a moment, but by now you are most likely aware of an unimaginable tragedy on a college campus yesterday. Classes are canceled once again today at the University of Virginia after Sunday night shooting that killed three football players and wounded two others. Last night, thousands of students gathered on campus for a vigil to honor the victims. They participated in a 15-minute moment of silence. Wide receivers Lavelle Davis Jr. and Devin Chandler and linebacker Deshaun Perry were killed. Junior running back Mike Hollins is in stable condition. The suspect, former Virginia football player Christopher Darnell Jones Jr., allegedly opened fire on a bus after students returned from a field trip in Washington, D.C., The head football coach is Tony Elliott. He said in a statement, I cannot find the words to express the devastation and heartache that our team is feeling today after the tragic events last night that resulted in the deaths of Lavelle, Deshaun, and Devin and the others who were injured. These were incredible young men with huge aspirations and extremely bright futures. Our hearts ache for their families, their classmates, and their friends. These precious young men were called away too soon. We were all fortunate to have them be a part of our lives. They touched us, inspired us, and worked incredibly hard as representatives of our program, university, and community. Rest in peace, young men. We'll be right back. We're back on Get Up, and earlier Marcus asked, where's that energy about Josh Allen? Marcus, here it is. Josh Allen has thrown picks close to the end zone each of the last three weeks. It started week eight against Green Bay when they were trying to add to their lead. That pick kept Green Bay in the game. The Bills still won. Then the following week against the Jets, Jordan Whitehead. That ball was directly to him, and again, the Jets would go on to win by three. And then, of course, this past Sunday with the Bills in field goal range that would have tied it in overtime, He throws the pick to Patrick Peterson and leading the Bills to a shocking defeat. And so, Marcus, in reference to what you were talking about a moment ago, Josh Allen, sometimes you watch him and you say, this is the best player in the entire National Football League. And then there are other times. What does that all net itself out to be, Dominique? Yeah, I mean, 
It's Josh Allen. It's the Josh Allen experience. When he plays really well and eliminates those errors, then he's going to be great. The problem is he can't give you the wild plays without giving you those mistakes. The fact of the matter is the interceptions are an issue, but you can still win that way. Like last year, Matthew Stafford led the league in interception. They won the Super Bowl because they could make up for it with the big plays. Josh Allen is a lot better than Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Right now it's a problem, but I don't think that you can ask him to stop. Like, this is the way that he's made. You can't ask him to be something different. See, I, you said yeah. that in the meeting this morning, and, and I Marcus, I have a problem with it because, like, if you don't get that stuff coached out of Josh Allen, and, and he's still a young player. We sometimes talk about these guys, you know, like they're 35 yeah. years old. If you don't get that stuff couch coached out of him, then Matthew Stafford might be his ceiling. And the reality is he has the talent and the ability and everything else to be one of the best players we've ever seen. But you can't be making those kind of mistakes when they – why yeah. are you looking at me like that? It's almost like you haven't been watching Josh Allen for his entire career. Like the amazing jump for Josh Allen wasn't eliminating the bad plays. It was adding incredible plays to the bad plays. He's going to give you those. Like every quarterback in this league has weaknesses. Like, Lamar Jackson is not all that accurate. That's fine. You can try to improve the accuracy, but you're not really going to do it. You deal with his strength, and you build off of it. The Josh end. Allen is going to turn the ball over for you every but, now and then. No. So what? The but, weakness cannot be throwing interceptions in the end zone. That's not a reasonable yeah, weakness to have. And, Nick, to take it a step further and become a championship quarterback, you have to eliminate those mistakes. No. And the guy that sits here every Monday, Rex Ryan, did a great job with Mark Sanchez, or almost great job because we got to the please championship don't. game. Okay, don't. Hey, please don't. Don't, uh, don't uh, compare but, Josh Allen. Uh, it's the, con no, my, it's the concept of what Sean McDermott needs to do, and I agree with you, Greeny, which is there's a couple of plays every game that are hugely <laughs> consequential. Like stop. this play right yeah. here, yeah, you, you have a tie. A tie keeps you in first place, and Josh Allen can't make this mistake. You wanted him to take that big jump, but this is what's going to uh, stop he already him from winning a championship. He's, He's not taking another one. Oh, let's get Marcus in. Marcus, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked yeah. Dominique a minute ago about Dak. What is, in your opinion, a reasonable and fair critique of Josh Allen right this minute. Yeah, at moments he got to stop trying to be MJ and just be magic, which his talent lends itself to being phenomenal. Like, just be a distributor of the football and not go over the top. And with Josh Allen, you, I agree with Foxy. You got These type of plays are the reason the Buffalo Bills have ascended. My issue with what Foxy is saying is – in, in certain moments where we know the Buffalo Bills will be, it will cost them. Just like when we saw them play Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes threw interceptions. Josh Allen didn't. That win was 24-20 to 20 earlier this year. We are talking about small margins with the Buffalo Bills. We're not talking about winning a game or winning a big game. We're talking about a team that everybody picked to be Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl champions, and the favorite. This will cost you as far as going to that particular game against the people that you potentially have to beat in order to get there. Josh Allen is capable. We know he can do it, but this is concerning just because Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be staring down the barrel, and the difference in that game is probably going to be interceptions more than both of these guys being uber-talented. Let me get Graz in here. What do you think, Dan? You know, against, he didn't throw an interception against Kansas City. He did lose a fumble. Like, right yeah. at the end of their opening drive, it could have been a touchdown. cost him a touchdown. Look, this is their losses are by two points, three points, and three points. You need him to be a complete disaster at the end of the game. 
in order to barely beat the right. Buffalo Bills, right? More often than not, he's going to deliver, right? Like, it, it, yes, he needs to stop. Yes, I'm not arguing in favor of goal line interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to stop. He needs to figure out a way to stop doing it. But fundamentally, they are at the goal line so much yeah. that on balance, it will it will be – what are you going to say? Like, in the playoffs, the margins are too thin, right? No, that's exactly yes. right. And right now, like, if they had won that game, they're in first place. If the season ended today, they're in third place. The AFC East right now is real, and no, and that's the difference between him yes. becoming greater and him becoming a thing, championship quarterback. He's 26 years old. I mean, yeah. I, are you, you, I feel like you're talking about him like he's a finished product, and I'm trying to say no, I don't my, think he is. My point is Josh Allen made the best leap from one year to another year of any quarterback that we've ever seen in the history of football. Yeah. And now y'all asking him to make another one. Stop it. Like, Aaron Rodgers, what he was in his prime and what uh, Patrick Mahomes is right now is unique. You think that you're going to make Josh Allen into a guy that gives you these big, wild plays without mistakes? You're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. So accept that he is outstanding and great and accept that sometimes he's going to give you some boneheaded plays where he's trying to punch out fumbles with his injured elbow. He's going to try to run through people. He's going to try to throw balls through defenders. It stinks, but you take the good with the bad. Guess why I go back? I'm sorry, but go ahead, the lottery go, go. without buying a ticket is go, what y'all want to do. I don't, go. I don't think any of us aren't accepting that. Like, the reason why we have them as the favorites is because of Josh Allen. The right. reason why they won't win it is because of turnovers. Like, two things – we yeah, know right. two things can be true in this resort. The reason why the Buffalo Bills – I guarantee y'all, if we get to a point where the Buffalo Bills don't have an opportunity to go to a Super Bowl or win one, it will probably be because of turnovers. Right. I don't see this defense giving up a bunch of points. I don't see this team just going out and playing terrible. And to your point, Grimes and, and Foxy, yeah, you're in the red area a lot. Yeah, you have a lot of success. Yeah, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But what would be the reason why we would yeah. think the Buffalo Bills wouldn't win a Super Bowl? Yeah. I agree. So, like, there's no perfect teams. There are reasons why every team is going to lose. My point is getting up here and, like, getting down on Josh Allen Foxy, to me seems like a waste of time. six in the last time. three weeks, bro. No, it's he's bad. six. But that's who he is. He's thrown 10-plus picks in every season he's been in football. But if one Except of us one, is I getting think. down on Josh Allen in this conversation, I think it's you. No, You're suggesting no. he can't take – he can't – He can't take – I'm watching him play, guys. What he's saying, saying is he's far more often he is your advantage right. than he is your detriment. Right. Like, all, that, if, that is so, – you'd rather have him than someone who's average but doesn't turn him more off. More specifically, what of I'm course. saying is he does incredible things in part because the way that his brain works means he believes yeah. that he can but, do incredible things. Those terrible turnovers are a result of that exact same gene, right. and you guys are saying, no, nah, forget it. Let's make him a game manager. But if the object of the exercise is to Stop win a championship, it. those Stop flaws it, have to be corrected. Final nah, word really quickly, be. Marcus. Go. Final word. Go. Uh, Josh Allen, keep being a superhero. Keep doing what you're doing because that is the way you guys are going to win games. But if you keep throwing interceptions, especially when you get to the playoffs, you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and look, no one has thrown more interceptions than he has over the last two seasons. I don't think it's too one much little, to say. you got to coach just, a little I'm of that out of I'm just glad nobody said they have to run the ball. I was so worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's right. that's it might be nice if they ran it every <laughs> now no, and no, again. No, no. It's not the solution. All right, we got ABC and ESPN have statement Saturday this weekend. we got number three Michigan hosting number 21 Illinois at the Big House. Mike T will be there sitting inside. Sitting inside. Then we we got C.J. Stroud in Ohio State. 
taking on Maryland. Go Terps! Let's go! Upset watch! And then we got Clemson and Miami. We got Tennessee and South Carolina. All the games are also on the ESPN app, so you can watch every one. All right, as we roll on, perfection will have to wait at least one more year. How the commanders stunned the Eagles. Why? Eagles, why? We've got all the insight next. Get up on ESPN.